I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. We are 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Rennick, and we are really excited to talk with our guest today, who's been covering the NFL for decades. And actually, in his early years, he was a beat writer, and he covered the Niners for the Press Democrat. He's written for SI. He's worked for NFL Network. And now I like to think he's come back home, and he's covering the Niners for the Chronicle. He is the legendary Mike Silver. Mike, thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. It's a really polite way of saying I'm old, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I started uh, I started in a now defunct newspaper called the Sacramento Union. Uh, 1989 was my first season. I was a very young beat writer, and uh, what a crazy year to start! And uh, I got to say, uh, coming back as a Chronicle columnist in 2022, also a crazy year. So we've come full circle. Yeah, you come back home. It really, it really feels that way. And so you were on the show, Mike. I want to say it was like five years ago you came on. And at the time, we just—it was an awesome interview for me because you just told me stories about the early years in the '90s when you were covering Montana and Young. And I was thinking about that when, when we had you come back on, and I said, you know, he told us all these stories about the QB QB controversy and all the dramas. And now here we are, thirty plus years later. And guess what? There's more QB drama with the 49ers. So. So I guess I wanted to start out by asking you, we, this looks like it's Purdy's team, but obviously this team gave up a lot for Trey Lance. And Lance may or may not be in a competition with Sam Darnold. What do you think Lance's future is and where does he stand right now? You know, it's a great question. And I would have answered it differently had, say, the Eagles game gone the way it did, but Purdy suffered a... I don't know, broken leg or, you know, another serious injury, but mm-hmm. literally throwing arm, elbow, uh, it does create more uncertainty. And, and I have PTSD still from covering Montana in 91 and 92. He uh, hurt his elbow in training camp in 91. They had surgery, didn't go great. He missed the entire season, came back in 92, was slinging it in Rockland, uh, one day, I, I vividly remember, uh, at a, in practice, he just just kind of pulled up on the throw, and it didn't look right, and uh, came off, ended up having a second surgery, missing all but the second half of the final regular season game. Uh, they were home against the Lions. They had clinched everything. It was Monday night back then, but it was the last game of the regular season, 
everyone knew Montana was going to play the second half. Steve Young, who was the MVP that year, uh, played the first half. Montana came in. It was this, you know, incredibly electric moment at Candlestick. Uh, Joe threw one touchdown, ended up throwing a second, but uh, after some confusion where George Seifert had uh, called for a run, then offensive coordinator, man by the name of Shanahan, hadn't heard Seifert, <laughs> called for a pass, touchdown, Seifert not happy, Montana uh, exultant. And, uh, you know, and another weird thing that people don't remember that year is that uh, Steve Young, the MVP, playing at home in the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys, Joe Montana's on the sideline uh, as his backup in that game. What a wild uh, what a wild thing, uh, given the context. Mike, I know that, uh, you know, you put that at that, put out that article on in the Chronicle about it being Purdy's team that we knew that you know, essentially, what does that mean for Trey Lance moving forward? And, and there's not a lot of answers right now. And, you know, I think as, as fans and, and people who cover the team, we need to recognize that you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch don't tend to give a lot of answers in the media, right? So we tend to parse words, things like that. But I thought it was interesting. Last week, we had Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated on, and uh, we invited him on because he had put out an article that the 49er skill position group is, in his eyes, the best skill position group since the Rams' uh, greatest show on turf. And so we wanted to hear from him. But in the process of that conversation, we also got into a little bit of the of the quarterbacks. And one of the things that he said was with the proliferation of Shanahan's offense in the NFL as it currently stands, which I believe last year was almost like 40 percent of the teams in the league were running some version of it. And now it's going to be more right. It's almost close to 50 percent. You know, we asked him, what did you feel, what he felt like the, the, like the natural evolution of that would be. And his response was a mobile quarterback or a running quarterback. And obviously that's more Trey Lance than that is Brock Purdy. Do you agree with that assessment that that is like the natural evolution? And, and does that then give Trey Lance a little bit more runway than maybe we even think because Ultimately, that was the impetus probably for drafting him in the first place. Okay, well, I want to circle back because it occurs to me I didn't answer Al's question either. So I'll try to I'll try to tackle. Oh, yeah, no worries. So going back, you know, going into that game and you you are correct. I wrote in January like it's over. Purdy's the guy. Kyle's decided the end. But because that injury was so ruinous, uh, it does create question. And you don't know for sure what you're getting back in Purdy, let alone when. And we've heard a lot of uh, wiggle room on the when, which is understandable, but let's say it's eight months and not the original six from March 10th. Uh, You know, that's going into a significant portion of the season. uh, And, you know, best case, you know, Purdy is going to be Purdy. So uh, that did change things somewhat. And that I think is why you see Darnold and Lance being held up as kind of, uh, you know, co-stopgap one and one A, uh, they'll compete. And look, they, they do have a lot in common. Uh, there's some mobility there. They're, they're former third overall picks. Uh, the Niners obviously gave up a lot to get one of them and, and not so much to get the other. But in terms of pedigree, it's very similar. And um, 
you know, you this is not like last year where they're like, okay, we've invested in Trey. It's time. It's his team. Jimmy's not coming back. He's the guy. They're now saying we have this incredible collection of players and not just skill players. We are built to win now. Our window is shrinking. We like this rookie quarterback deal model, which we still are planning on, ideally with Purdy. But, you know, these next two years are it. So we don't have time to see if Lance is going to step up. We want whoever the best person is now to be that person. By the way, I don't think any of this precludes them from calling Tom Brady at least one more time. Uh, I am 100% convinced that they will at least check in with him as it gets a little closer and say, Hmm. what do you think? Because Rodgers never made as much sense given that they want that rookie contract model and they're paying Bosa and they have all these people paid around them because it's for several years. You're probably not thinking of Rodgers as one year, even if you're paying them. Uh, But Brady really, it does make actual sense. Like, okay, we don't know if Kirby's back or when we think he's the guy for the future, but Hey, in the meantime, come here for one year. Uh, So I think they'll at least call. And I don't think Brady's going to come back and play here or anywhere, but um, it's worth an ask. Uh, so that brings us back to what Connor talked about and mobility. Um, I, I just, for Kyle, mobility is probably not the right word. It's ability to make plays off schedule. It's pocket mobility, too. It's the bootlegs. It's uh, being able to uh, extend plays and not have it be uh, and, you know, I, I'm a huge Jimmy fan, so I don't want this to sound like too much of a slight to Jimmy. But I think with Jimmy, there was a sense sometimes of, hey, Kyle called it. He's throwing it. And if, and if they get too close, he's getting rid of it. You know, he's got that great arm. It's going. Uh, I think Kyle's ideal would be, okay, it's not there. Here they come. Can I get a little bit to the outside and extend this? So, um, with Purdy, we saw, I believe, Kyle saw plenty to convince him this is it. Um, now, the one you know issue that I kind of saw with Purdy at a very young stage was he wasn't really totally perceiving the speed of the NFL, and, and that's not uncommon. But remember against the Cardinals where he kind of tried to turn the corner with Isaiah Simmons coming and go around mm-hmm. and he took a 17 yard sack. I, I talked to him after that game and I go, did you like misjudge the speed? And he goes, yeah, that guy's a first round pick, huh? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so I think, you know, that's what worried me going into both of the last two playoff games, the Cowboys, because I knew Dan Quinn, you know, I knew they were coming and they had all those talented pass rushers. And then obviously the Eagles were as well. So I, I just worried like, it's going to be a little different when that, uh, you know, really elite fast rush comes in. But, uh, you know, he was eight games into his career. So I think if you look, if you, if you say, if you don't say mobility, if you say, uh, Running. you know, uh, oh yeah, ability. If you just say ability to extend plays and, and do things on the move, I think Purdy probably has an edge based on, what they've seen just in that alone. And, you know, I I wonder with Lance, you know, it was a weird time. They couldn't get him in person. They saw him on tape, you know, blowing past guys 
on Montana State and you know right. whoever right. else they played, but I'm not so sure that it has translated in terms of pure speed. And people say, why was Kyle running him inside? He might not have been getting outside at an NFL level. So is Trey Lance Josh Allen? Is he Kyler Murray? Is he Lamar? You know, it doesn't seem to me that he is that. He obviously has some mobility. So you put all that together. Um, I, I think it's I think it's easy for the 49ers at this point for Shanahan, for Ledge, for Jed Yard to say, you know what? We took a swing. It might not have worked. As of now, it hasn't. But then after we essentially used three ones for the price of doing that, we got a guy at 262 that could be the answer to our dreams. We're not even allowed to negotiate with him for two more years. The rookie model works. We'll call it even. And you take swings sometimes. I think it's harder for fans and media members. And I think one reason it's so hard for fans and media members to let it go is that the draft takes on such an outsized importance relative mm-hmm. to its actual impact that it's just hard for people to fathom. And, and I've always felt that. I remember way before before the 1993 CBA in the wake of the court ruling that brought in free agency in this current era, there was still an old rule that um, if a player's contract expired, um, he was allowed to sign with another team, but the team signing him, uh, you know, it's, it's like kind of like with Lamar now. You'd have a right to match, but if you didn't match, uh, you'd have to give two number ones to the to the team that you signed him from. And there was a quote from, I believe, an unnamed GM at the time. It might have been someone named who said, I wouldn't give up two number ones for God. And I always thought <laughs> that was a really weird way of, thinking especially since i was covering god as far as i could tell at the time (laughs) uh, who wore number 16 for the niners and he seemed to be worth more than two ones but what do i know i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you, you brought up a couple of things, Mike, which is perfect because it was the other follow-up question I had in regards to Lance. Um, and you used two two terms. One, you said the, the rookie model that they're using, and then you brought up a name, and that was Lamar Jackson. You know, <clears throat> it feels like I joked on this on this podcast a week ago that maybe all of this is just one, one giant moneyball experiment that the 49ers are are doing when it comes to the quarterback position, like a market inefficiency where they're like, listen, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, right? all of these quarterbacks are making 40 million plus, right? Daniel Jones just signed a contract where he got $40 million. 
Daniel Jones is not. I mean, you could maybe say he's a top 15 quarterback, right? No, nope, these deals. Nope, nope. Or you can't even say that. And <laughs> I was, I felt like I was being generous. I wouldn't have said that either, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be disparaging to the guy, but I will, I will rip Jan- no. Daniel Jones on this podcast. That was, I love it. I yeah, love it. I, I, I mean, how the, even if you wanted to keep him, which I would argue you don't have to, if you're the Giants, yeah. how do you not franchise him and take your chances with Saquon? And look, right, you know, I, I don't think it's fair that running backs don't get paid, but they really don't. And unless mm-hmm. you have Derek Henry in his prime, who, by the way, is on the trading block, uh, maybe not this prime, uh, you know, I just don't think it's even, you know, I understand the yeah. Niners with McCaffrey, what he means to them. But I just, from a, anyway, that, that was insane. So anyway, go ahead. But so, <laughs> so, but it, it also feels like, you know, joking aside, it also feels like they are in this position because they haven't figured out the quarterback. Right. And yeah. so there's, there's a guy out there right now, right. Who's 26 years old and he's a former league MVP. And we talked about how a running quarterback could be the natural evolution for this Kyle Shanahan offense. Do you think that they are at a point now where it's like, they couldn't even consider Lamar simply because they're stuck in this rookie quarterback model because of the way they've built it. Or could they, theoretically make a move for Lamar Jackson would they be interested in that and then now you're now you've got it figured out right you've got the guy you don't have to wish and hope that it's Trey Lance you don't have to wish and hope that it's Brock Purdy you've got a 26 year old former league MVP yeah I think they could do that I don't think they will with Lamar um and the Lamar saga is a whole other long answer that we can get into but um I, I also think they've been willing to go down parallel paths because remember uh, at the time they decided to get the number three pick and essentially go with the rookie model. Let's remember the whole context. They go to the Super Bowl. They almost win. They can get Brady. They decide, nah, we think he's descending in retrospect. It turned out he wasn't. Uh, We don't want to mess up our chemistry. We got Jimmy understandable. Jimmy gets hurt. They have a disastrous 2020. Now, Kyle's like, we got to do something. He goes hard for Stafford, which is not that mm-hmm. model. That's that's the, you know, we think he's, you know, and you're always trying to figure out if we pay a guy premium quarterback money, he's got to be transcendent. He's got to cover up our other weaknesses. He's got to be Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow. Like, if you get in that middle ground, and that was the Tony Romo, Jay Cutler, Matt Wright, you know, we've, we've been talking about it for years, um, yep. you know, then you're, then you're in trouble. Um, then, then maybe you would rather have that rookie model if you could replicate it. So they tried to get Stafford. They freaked out and traded the three ones, but then they were, they were concurrently trying to get Aaron Rodgers up until the draft when they had that third overall pick, which they presumably could have then flipped as trying to get Aaron Rodgers, who certainly wasn't that model. So, um, you know, you could go down parallel paths. And again, if Brady pops free, it's just a one-year deal. But you're going to pay Brady something and and tweak that model a little bit if you could get him this year. So um, I, I think that – I think Kyle – I know Kyle saw enough uh, from Purdy that if you could assure him 
that elbow's going to be fine. He's going to basically be what he was once he's back, and you'll be able to groom him the way you were going to, uh, you know, coming off of last season. I think he's cool. I and, and that's not just, hey, we want a rookie deal and we like this model, which they do. And, you know, 2013, 2014 Seahawks, it's a, it's a very attractive model if you can – uh, you know, get it. And they've got the guys paid everywhere around them. But, um, you know, I also think that Kyle likes him enough that he would be like, it's going to keep getting better and we'll pay him eventually. And it'll be cool when we pay him because he's that good. And I know it's hard for people, partly because of the sample size, but partly because you just, it's hard to get past that 262. And, you know, Brady won a Super Bowl and people kind of started to get past it and then they had a good year that next year but didn't go to the playoffs pretty good year and then he came back and won the next one it was like okay we're gonna stop saying he's the 199th pick it takes a while for people to get it out of their head but uh, I think I'm convinced Kyle has seen enough health willing Uh, I also happen to believe that Lamar Jackson is one of those very 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 few humans that does ascend to that transcendent elite uh, worth paying and, and having weaknesses elsewhere model. Uh, and it, it's, you know, all the more frustrating that he's in this purgatory. Uh, whereas if you look at some of the people who've been paid and you certainly brought up Daniel Jones, I, I it's just, you know, whoa. Yeah. Mike, before we finish up, I got to ask you one non non QB question. There's been some whispers about the future of Brandon Ayuk with the team, and he's definitely been a player who's ascending. I think, and we've seen this regime trade players DeForest Buckner. They mentioned maybe they should have traded McGlinchey before they let him go for nothing. Do you see Ayuk as a long term fix here? Are they going to be able to sign him to a long term deal, or, or may they? Do you think maybe he goes elsewhere? It's such a good question. So, okay, let's start with the fact that that. The offense was built around Jimmy's strengths. It was a guy who can very, very accurately get the ball into tight spaces for guys who can do something with it after they catch it. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, now McCaffrey. So it's, you know, obviously McCaffrey wasn't in response to Jimmy, but those first three certainly fit that model. Uh, With Trey, it was a different strength set that we were looking at better deep ball on paper not as Mm -hmm. good as fitting the ball in accurately and tightly so that was going to be a thing too and you know they obviously paid Debo Kittle had been paid previously we'll see how long they go with that um so uh if you say it's going to be Purdy and you think Purdy is similar enough to Jimmy that you can keep that model cool um you know I think you could make a case that you've paid your fullback, you paid your tight end. They may be, both be descending in your mind, given their age and wear and tear. Tough for me to think that, given what I saw from Yushik and Kittle this season. But that's how football people think. You paid your left tackle, who's great. Again, they probably would say Trent Williams is descending just based on age. Um, and now you've obviously paid a bunch of guys on defense and you'll pay Bosa. Um, You would probably be able to make the case that you shouldn't pay two receivers at that level 
if neither of them is a traditional one, a traditional, you know, Julio Jones in his prime, right? A big, tall, exceptionally fast guy who can go on the outside and just destroy people um, in any offense. So in that, if you think of it that way, you'd say, well, we're only going to pay one. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it's not a because what you could do is get through this season, uh, assuming a is going to come in and, and put his head down and play. And then after the year assess and say, Hey, we want to pay him now and we'll eat the rest on Debo and, and try to get what we can for him. That seems crazy because so much of their identity, let alone that versatility is tied up in Debo. Uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, they haven't been thrilled at times with the shape that he's been in. Um, he's obviously experienced a lot of wear and tear. They've obviously had their clashes, uh, most notably last offseason. Um, and we'll have to see how each guy performs this year, depending who the quarterback is, how it goes. So I do think it's possible that they could arrive at a point where they say we're only going to pay one of those two. I'm not positive that it would be Ayuk, though, um, a year from now. Mike, we appreciate the time, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Bri, there you have it. QB talk, once again, just dominates everything. And Albert Greer had an article today, um, Monday morning QB he does, and he basically said in that article, like, yeah, Purdy, Purdy's the guy. I think that's kind of where, where we've gotten to this point now. And um, it's just a matter of, if, like, if he's healthy, that's it. But the, I know this Brady stuff won't go away, but that's that was really interesting. I thought Mike brought up something that, you know, maybe we can close the show with here. Just uh, something I guess I hadn't really thought of. Like, let's say Brock is out mm-hmm. half. You know, he's not coming back till October. And then he's got to get in game shape and stuff. And it just looks like not a lost year, but you're not going to have him until the end. And maybe they still don't like what they see from Lance. And maybe Darnold is just Darnold and Kyle couldn't save him. You have to wonder if they try to do something else. And that, I thought that was kind of a good point. And that's mid-season, you, know, that's, you mean? No, I think going into the season. So if they, they're oh, going to know in three months really where Purdy is. So if they know then, okay, look, this isn't week one. We're not getting back till Halloween. And then he's got to get in game shape or whatever. And they just think, all right, Lance isn't the guy. And maybe he is. We don't, we we still don't know, but they think, all right, Lance isn't the guy. And Darnold is just, we've seen it. We're in training camp, early in training camp. The offense looks clunky. Neither one of these guys, it's not gelling. Maybe they do pick up the phone and call Brady. Maybe they do try to do something like that. That, that would be really interesting. Um, but again, until until we know with Brock, man, this just isn't going away. And I, I thought it was interesting. You brought up kind of the the money ball QB type thing to me about the quarterback. Maybe that is, and Mike alluded to it too. Maybe that just is the way the Niners are looking at the QB situation now, where they're going to pay everybody else, and then Kyle just wants a trigger man there that he trusts. Maybe that's it. Well, and and it's interesting because I've been thinking about it more. You know, I had a very positive um, kind of Twitter conversation with uh, uh, a gentleman that 
has been a mutual we've been mutuals for for a while now and uh really respect kind of his opinion on football his draft takes um he does a lot of uh kind of draft prep and things like that um again this is all social media right so i don't even actually know his like his given name but uh on twitter he's at ripa maru um he probably follows you as well but um but regardless you know the conversation that we had stemmed from a tweet that I that I I quote Warren Sharp who uh, put together a clip package of Lamar Jackson winning from the pocket uh, because that is one of the largest for Lamar detractors that's one of the the biggest excuses that they use. So I quote tweeted that and I said any any team that doesn't currently have a future at quarterback, including the 49ers, because they don't, it's just very much up in the air, mm-hmm. would be a fool not to want Lamar on their team. And the the conversation basically kind of devolved into the idea. And and again, something that I had brought up on this show and, and we went over it, this idea of the percentage of cap taken up by Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, uh, the large ever was Patrick Mahomes this season, and that was like 15%. And a, a team with a quarterback taking up more than that has never won the Super Bowl. Now, I think the Chiefs are going to test that this year with Lamar's contract because his contract is a lot more expensive. Lamar, sorry, with Mahomes' contract. Cause mm-hmm. it's a lot more expensive this year than it was last year. Um, and so his argument was essentially, unless you've got a guy like Mahomes, it, this, this current quarterback market makes it damn near impossible to win unless you have a Mahomes or unless you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, it's like mm-hmm. one or the other. And so it's just, like, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting concept and an interesting thing to to think about and and maybe even debate is if you don't feel like you can get a Mahomes because it's generational right then maybe you do go this route where you do your best to draft and develop young inexpensive quarterbacks who can run your system which you know is has has been successful in the NFL and you just spend your money everywhere else, right? On a mm-hmm. premier left tackle, on a premier tight end, on a premier wide receiver, maybe even two premier wide receivers, maybe a premier running back, a linebacker, your defensive line, your edge players, your secondary, right? Which is what the 49ers have done. And again, if in, unless you've got the Mahomes, right? Then, then why are you paying Daniel Jones $40 million? Why are you paying... Right. Jimmy Garoppolo, $26 million. Why are you paying these quarterbacks that aren't elevating your team? Why are you paying them that level of money? Because you're afraid that if you don't, you don't have a quarterback. That's a fair fear. But again, with Kyle Shanahan, and and I feel like Brock Purdy perfectly encapsulates this. Kyle Shanahan can get good quarterback play out of average to maybe slightly above average quarterbacks. It seems like every year, cause he's done it. He's done it every year that he's been in San Francisco. And so th- 
to me, it's I it's one of either it's one one or the other. Either you commit to that that model and you commit to it moving forward, or you again you have this opportunity. You know, people people replied to my tweet saying like every everything that you'd have to give up for Lamar, the contract you'd have to sign him to. This is the NFL, right? There are plenty of plenty of levers that that team can pull still to get Lamar in and, and maybe even pay Lamar not at a, a level that is detrimental to the cap for the next two years, right? As these, the rest of these contracts play out because people keep talking about Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson wants this. Lamar Jackson wants that. You know what the reality is? We have no idea what Lamar Jackson wants because he's not represented by an agent. There hasn't been any leaks. And he hasn't said to the media, this is what I'm looking for. We have mm-hmm. reports on a contract that he rejected from the Ravens, but that's all we have. And that was three years, $133 million, which I don't think tells us a whole lot about what it is that he's looking for. So we really don't know what he wants. And, you know, if, if you are willing to, you know, send Trey Lance and uh, maybe next year's first for Lamar Jackson, I Lamar Jackson and Kyle Shanahan, is Mahomes level to me. And that's the thing is, so yeah, you're going to have to pay him, but you're going to have a Mahomes level talent at quarterback, which is going to help over some of the areas where you're weaker because you're paying him that much. And so it's just an interesting to me, thought experiment. Like Mike said, I, I, I don't anticipate it happening, but I, I don't think it's a crazy idea. And I think to be perfectly honest, it's probably the most, uh, it's probably a perfect landing spot for Lamar Jackson. Uh, but you know, it, it just is. Yeah. I think, I think that the Colts, the Patriots, the Falcons and the commanders, I think are the four teams that make the most sense, right. For him. But in terms of fit, in terms of what command, he, I would say the Falcons, the commanders have already said they don't want him, which is ridiculous. Which is crazy to me because I don't, here's what, here's yeah. why it's crazy to me, Brian. To me, there's eight QBs I pay. There's only eight that I think are really, really worth the money and you're not going to be stuck in purgatory you don't know about. There's eight dudes. There's Mahomes. There's Allen. There's Burrow. There's Herbert. There's those four. Aaron Rodgers, I think you pay for a year, right? You would pay him for a year or two. I think you pay Trevor Lawrence. I think you pay Jalen Hurts. I think Hurts proved that in the Super Bowl. I mean, could he play any better? He was phenomenal. He had a great year. I think he, I think you pay him now. And the eighth guy is Lamar. So for him to be out there, it's amazing to me, given the state of the quarterbacks, in that you have, if yeah, you're going to pay Kirk Cousins. You're going to pay Daniel Jones. You're going to pay Dak Prescott. And then you're going to be stuck in purgatory. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, you are. Can you, can you win 10, 11 games with a good team around him? Sure. Are you ever going to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. So you're stuck there, but there's eight guys that can elevate you. And I think he's one of the eight. And that's why having him out here like this is, it's, it's crazy to me. And I don't know if the Niners can make it work. Maybe after the draft, we may see something crazy. Happen. Who knows? Maybe he's a guy if that's still dangling out there and the Niners say, oh shit, you know what? We're not in good shape. Purdy's hurt, more hurt than we thought he was. He's going to take a while. We're just, we're going on Lamar. We have this window. We want to get Lamar. Who knows? We'll see. But for me, for people not to be doing cartwheels over themselves to get him is a little bit nuts to me. Yeah, it makes zero sense. And again, with the Colts, like you've got number four, right? Like I, I feel like number four oh, straight hey. up for Lamar. Yeah. That feels fair to me. But outside of that, if you're Jim Ursay, 
right? Like you want to stick yeah. it to Baltimore, right? There's bad Absolutely. blood there already. There's already that bad blood there. Now, granted, it tends to be from Baltimore side, right? But still, there's bad blood there, right? You know, his Jim Ursay's dad moved the Colts from Baltimore to yeah. Indianapolis, and Baltimore didn't have a team until Art Modell moved the Browns from Cleveland to Baltimore and they became right. the Ravens. But still, right. There's this, you know, there's that bad blood. So I, it just seems like you would be, and and you have a head coach, right, who was the offensive play caller for Jalen Hurts last year in Shane Steichen, who would be incredible for Lamar Jackson. Incredible. So yeah. it just makes way too much sense for them. And again, the fact that it's not, it's not done already just seems odd to me. And that's where, you know, to me, it, it comes down more to, as Mike said, there's more underneath this. And, and yeah. I think there is, and you know, it's all unspoken and, and never will be on the record, but it is, you know, I think it's out there, but it, to me, like I said, Lamar Jackson already is what you thought Trey Lance could end up being right. So why not just jump in the pool feet first and be like, this is, this is what we wanted Trey to be. And even more so than that, because Kyle has even said, look, Trey is not Lamar Jackson. Well, you can get Lamar Jackson. Like you can get him. <laughs> He's, He's available. available. Right. So, you know, why, why isn't there even, and, and maybe there are conversations, internal conversations. I have no idea, but there are a ton of 49er fans uh, who are vehemently opposed to that idea. And it just boggles my mind because this team with Lamar Jackson is head and shoulders above the rest in terms of Super Bowl favorites at that point. Head and 100%. shoulders. 100%. Well, we'll see where it goes. All right, Brian. Good show, man. Always fun talking football with you, buddy. It is. It is. It's fun talking <laughs> football with Mike Silver as well. Mike was great. Yeah, it was great. Love Mike's great. I've always been a huge fan of Mike. He's been on the show a couple times. He's um, he's great. So I appreciate him coming on. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Brian, I'm Al. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.